today on CityCast Salt Lake. Montana just became the newest Western state to legalize recreational marijuana, and it has me wondering if Utah, with the recent legalization of medicinal, is crawling towards a similar trend. I caught up with two of Salt Lake's finest public defenders, Grant Miller and Darnell Crandall, about the state of pot in Utah. It's Thursday, January 27th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Grant and Dee, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, my first question for you as lawyers, I imagine, is going to be incredibly frustrating. Um, but... On a scale of one to ten, how legal is it to smoke weed in Utah right now? Grant, you first. <laughs> it's uh, well, re- recreationally, it's it, it, it's it's zero legal. Um, but uh, but 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 things are, are are changing rapidly. You know, I I didn't think that I would anticipate a time when Utah would even contemplate being uh, a state where you could have medicinal possession of marijuana. Yet here we are, um, and uh, things are also in the criminal world getting better. A few years ago, uh, enhanced marijuana possession, which means if you had marijuana several times, it used to be a felony, and it's not anymore. Um, and so in, in that regard, uh, th- things are better, but uh, we're not at a point where you can just legally have marijuana without you know jumping through the hoops and having a valid medical reason. You could still get in meaningful trouble uh, some counties in the state will even put you in jail, and I, I imagine we'll probably get get to a point of the show where we talk about that in a little bit more depth. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a four. What do you uh, think, Dave? <laughs> Dave, put a number on it. You know, I, I'll I'll put a number on it. I, I'd say it's a two. Um, honestly, wow, um, that's low. You know, uh, having a medical marijuana uh, legalization, I think, is is super important. It's really, really useful um and it provides a lot of relief for a lot of people um but i the the legal framework for uh, marijuana particularly in the criminal realm uh hasn't changed a whole lot and i think that that's really important there's a lot of things that are still in flux um and there's a lot of hoops that people have to jump through in order to even get access to a medical marijuana card to to be able to use it and i think that those hoops make it uh, it's it's still deterrent. Um, it's that that's the point of these hoops is to make it a deterrent. Um, and I think that uh, while it's provided relief for many people, it's it's we can't forget that um, it's 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 still restricted, and that restriction has real impacts on real people's lives all the time. Mm-hmm. You brought up these hoops, and so medical marijuana was passed by a ballot initiative in 2018. In your opinions, how has the rollout been? Because it seems like it's been really clunky and really confusing. Yes, um, but it's, yes. it's much better than it was, and I, I think it's laid a good groundwork for legal reforms to make uh, medicinal marijuana more accessible. Um like right now, I think some of the biggest issues are the financial hurdles. Um, it's really expensive to comply with the medical requirements of getting a, a medical marijuana card in the state of Utah. Uh, you have to certify a lot. You have to qualify to begin with, which is easier than people think. Uh, there, there are actually pretty broad umbrella categories uh, that qualify you for a, a initial uh, um, allowances of marijuana. 
but uh, then you know th- there there are there are certain categories you have to wait a certain amount of uh, a months like it's like two months or something like that and you have to recertify and then you have to wait another couple of months you have to recertify again each certification I think is a couple hundred bucks um, and so it's it's not accessible particularly since it, 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 marijuana is still federally illegal so you can't use insurance subsidies to take care of that medicine. Um, and that's one of the biggest hurdles, I think, in, in Utah and many other states is that medicinal marijuana is just not cost effective and, and it's inaccessible because of how much it costs. As I understand it, it's also really difficult to become a qualified medical provider. So to even be able to, whatever, prescribe someone a medicinal card, you have to go through a lot of hoops to be able to do that as well, right? Like there's only a limited number of places you could go to be referred. Is that right? The people who can certify you for for medical marijuana cards and uh, the dispensaries here in Utah um, actually didn't have the influx that they were anticipating, and so uh, uh, they they're not quite hitting what they were projecting. Um, and uh, I think a part of that is is because it's it's financially inaccessible. That, and I think the people just don't know that they could easily qualify for a medical marijuana card um, based on their pre existing conditions. I think the legislature made a a very public point saying that we want to make this very restrictive. Um, But then in effect, when they drafted the law, made it broad. And so the message to the public was this isn't for you. But then, you know, if the people actually explored it, they they could see that it's it's broader than they might have originally thought. We're in the ledge session now. Dee, are there any bills that have been brought or that are on the horizon that you're worried about or that you're excited about related to cannabis? Uh, Senator Thatcher has presented a bill um, that is related to uh, introducing uh, an exception for uh, medical cannabis for people who are public employees. And I think something like that is is really, really exciting. Um, it, it represents the idea that um, even individuals who are uh, working for the state should still be able to benefit from the therapeutic uh, uh, benefits of medical marijuana. Um, that there's uh, that just because you're a state employee doesn't mean that you should somehow be exempt um, from. Are you a, currently a statutory? Correct. So if you're if you're a public employee, you're not allowed to uh, use any controlled substances, and so um, and and so that's that's a, it's a real it's a real hit risk, right? I mean, what if you know you are one of these individuals who for other for any other reason other but than your job you would qualify, um, and you would be able to legally uh, use a substance. You shouldn't be excluded. Um, and I think that that's something that's really, really exciting um, and at least suggests that Utah's trying to move in the right direction. Yeah, that's interesting. I think when we think about state employees, we think like people that work up at the legislature, but like professors at the U are state employees. Like there's it's it's there's a lot of people that technically work for the state that you wouldn't imagine are exempt from that. Um, how does specific to your work at the Legal Defender Association, how does the legalization of medicinal cannabis affect your work and your clients? Has it lower has it lightened your marijuana related caseload or not? At any time, you know, in, in our job, anytime that you know, we can uh, be able to address the fact that somebody is uh, engaging in legal use of marijuana is always a good thing. One thing that's been, uh, it's very, very important to recognize is that in the state of Utah and throughout the United States in general, um, basic Fourth Amendment precedent uh, basically just says, look, like if you, if an officer smells marijuana um, on you, um, that's that's sufficient enough for them to complete an unwarranted 
a warrantless search, um, in particular of your vehicle. Um, and so that's that this new change regarding medical marijuana creates this kind of gray area in the law that, uh, that states across the country are starting to address in really new and interesting ways. Um, and Utah's going to have to start addressing that matter as well. Um, in a situation where you're, you know, you're a, a medical marijuana user, you're qualified, um, but your clothes smell like marijuana, your car smells like it just because you are using it in a legal manner. Um, I think there's going to be several, there's, there's many issues that arise just from the standpoint of should your, should the police and should the state be able to get inside your vehicle, even though you're using this substance in a legal manner, I, these are questions that are, uh, kind of at the heart of, uh, our legal, um, precedent and they're going to be, uh, bigger and bigger uh, issues to, to address as we move forward. Well, and my God, I mean, like, how do you prove that someone smelled something? If you think about, you know, that to me, it feels uh, almost frightening to think that um, someone thinking that they smell something could allow them to search you without a warrant. It happens all the time. Um, you know, like it, we, when we're reviewing cases to see whether or not a stop was valid, uh, you could see whether or not often on a dash cam, if, if someone committed a, a traffic violation, for example. Um, but when a police officer says that they smell the, uh, distinct odor of, uh, marijuana, which they recognize on their training experience, uh, it's very difficult to challenge that because ultimately you have to persuade a jury that they're just straight lying, that, uh, that a police officer is lying to the court and perjuring themselves. And, um, and that's a, that's a really high threshold to try to prove, um, because, uh, uh, judges will give deference to, uh, to, to police officers, uh, for those observations. Um, and a lot of times, I mean, like, you know, when we're dealing with cases, the police officer says they smell marijuana and then they go on to find marijuana. Uh, and so it's hard to say that they didn't smell it if it was in fact there. The problem is we don't know the opposite. If, if there's a car search based on the detection of the odor of marijuana and they don't find anything, the case doesn't get filed. We don't know the frequency of how often people are stopped and then searched, but the, 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 the search was invalid because there wasn't actually anything there. We have no idea what those statistics are and law enforcement agencies don't keep that data. Do you know how many people are sitting in Salt Lake County jail for drug or specifically marijuana related charges on any given day? That number is relatively low. Um, well. and, and I, I'm, you know, I, I, I I'm happy that it is relatively low. I think that there's been a shift, at least in Salt Lake County, uh, to, to move away from marijuana violations. They'll still prosecute it, but it's the sort of thing that you get a citation and you got to go to court and you'll deal with it that way. Uh, they're not necessarily going to hold you in custody as a public safety risk just for simple possession of marijuana. Uh, recreational marijuana is now legal in Montana. It's legal in Colorado. I think it's legal. It's legal in Nevada. The West is getting high. Our, is, is, how long before we see that in Utah? Do we ever see that in Utah? What do you think, Dee? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that there's, it's all, I think for Utah, it's, we're definitely in a different uh, situation than a lot of the other um, Western states. Um, I think that there's, you know, a real concern for making sure that people are, uh, being safe when they're using, uh, any kind of controlled substance, um, perhaps probably more than, uh, other states, um, uh, just off the top of, uh, my head for the states that you, you, uh, 
mentioned in Utah is probably one of the reddest of, of those states. Um, and I think that mm -hmm, there's totally. a particular um, political demographic that just isn't comfortable um, with with it, that kind of uh, that kind of uh, movement just yet. I think one of the, the most exciting things about medical marijuana and just recreational marijuana is what it can do for an economy. Um, and I think if anything, Utah cares about making its money. And so um, yep. I just think there's something that there's that reality is that can't be denied. And um, it'll be interesting to see how we move forward, um, just knowing that um, the amount of money and revenue that can, that can be generated for the state um, uh, could be quite substantial. And that's exciting to to think about. D hit the nail on the head with, with the economic factor, um, because there was a it was a U.S. Cannabis Council uh, did a poll in Utah back in, in May 2021. So it's a rather recent where 64 percent of Utahns that were part of the poll actually thought that legalization of marijuana would be economically beneficial. Um, and 66 uh, percent in general were in favor of federal decriminalization. Now, we have to remember that decriminalization is different than just full legal uh, uh, recreational marijuana use. It just means that you're, you're not going to go to jail for having it, but you're still not supposed to have it. But still, it it's it shows that the the Utahns are tending towards uh, more of an acceptance and optimism towards the idea of uh, legal marijuana. I agree with D that I think that we're still a ways out before we see fully recreational marijuana. Uh, I think that Utah's closer to its uh, state. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, states like Idaho and, and Wyoming, uh, with the conservative idealism of how to deal with the uh, uh, marijuana, but at the same time, it's, it's recreational legally, uh, legal in, in Colorado, uh, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, um, Nevada, you know, the entire four quarters region, we're the only one that, uh, that stands out. I mean, things could be worse. We could be like the deep South where you're not allowed to have any marijuana, uh, at, at all for any purpose. Um, but the 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 data is is tending to show that uh, Utahns are a lot more open to it than they were before. I think that there was something really kind of special with the referendum that Utahns, I think, particularly were affected by the opioid epidemic, um, and I think there was a lot of mental dissonance of how do we allow opiates um, to be abused in this state, and and they're actually destructive to people's lives. And here's this this this, this useful substance that no one's allowed to have, not even for medical reasons. And I think that started to change um, uh, the perceptions and understanding of, uh, of how we legally need to treat marijuana in this state. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the trajectory. Probably the most important thing is, is there is, even though this uh, medical marijuana regime um, has its restrictions, um, there's simply more benefits to having a medical marijuana card um, than not if you're a, if you're a marijuana user, um, it's mm -hmm. pretty simple, uh, get your card if you can get it. Um, and the second thing is I would just say, be smart, just remember, um, and use your common sense. And again, never talk to the police. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks you guys so much. I really appreciate the work you do and appreciate your time chatting with me about this. So thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. things before we go. First, in this morning's CityCast Salt Lake newsletter, Madeline's got a guide on how to find out if you're eligible for a medical marijuana card, and if so, how to get one. 
Also, on the topic of lawmaking, we're currently in the 2022 legislative session, and as you probably know, the Utah legislature is stacked with a veto-proof Republican supermajority. That means that whether or not you identify as a Republican, one of the best ways to add your voice to the agenda is to communicate directly with the GOP. The House majority is circulating a constituent survey right now that any Utah can take. It asks questions like, would you like to see the death penalty abolished in Utah? It's a simple Google form. It takes just a couple minutes. And I put the link in the show notes. That's it for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Nick Steffens. Our newsletter writer is Madeline McGill. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by Mitochondria. And if you want to see them live, they'll be at the Urban Lounge on February 10th. Vaccines required. See you Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. It's really intense for people when we're like, and go. So <laughs> we try and ease into it.